Welcome to Managed Care Cast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Maggie Shaw, Senior Editor for the American Journal of Managed Care. For patients to receive timely access to care and for providers to deliver that care on a correspondingly timely basis, the correctness of provider contact information is of utmost importance. However, the results of a new study on the accuracy of mental health provider directories and network adequacy published in the February issue of the American Journal of Managed Care and online at AGMC.com paint a less than stellar picture of these data with implications for the ability of consumers to be able to use mental health care services when they need them. On this episode of Managed Care Cast, we speak with Dr. Simon Hader, Professor of Public Health at the Texas A&M University School of Public Health and one of three authors of the article, Provider Directory Inaccuracy and Timely Access for Mental Health Care. He and his co-investigators looked at the accuracy of directories of psychiatrists and non-physician mental health providers for all plans regulated by the California Department of Managed Health Care in 2018 and 2019. Their goals were twofold to decipher the accuracy of these provider directories in California and to see if consumers who need timely access to care can get it from these providers. Thank you for joining us this morning, Dr. Hader. Before we begin, if you can please just introduce yourself to our audience and give us a little bit of a background on your work. Uh, my name is Simon Hader. I'm a professor of public health at the School of Public Health at Texas A&M University. Uh, most of my work is focused on uh, healthcare access issues, and I do a variety of things there. Uh, some you know broader issues like Medicaid expansion, ACA marketplaces, and all that kind of stuff. But then also something very you know focused um, uh, on consumers like access to care through provider networks is where I spend a lot of my time right now. Uh, and then I do some some broader work on administrative burdens and how consumers are affected by administrative burdens in accessing care and benefits and all those kind of things. Tell us about the study that is the focus of your article in the February issue of AJMC. What spurred your investigation and what were your principal findings? Yeah, that's a good question. So I've been working on provider network issues for, for quite a few years now, uh, and it, it's a been a quite a small field. Uh, I think one of the reasons it's such a small field is it's really hard to get good data. And so um, we've been looking for data and working on, on these kind of things for quite a while. And uh, we ended up uh, finally getting access to good data from the state of California, because when, the state of California is one of the few states that actually goes through the hassle of collecting data. And so we were creative in getting our hands on some data for uh, the regulator of managed care products in the state. Uh, the Department of uh, Managed Healthcare Services. And um, um, it's it's really good data. It's focused on a few specialties. And what we did for our, for our, our article for the February issue is we looked at mental health providers and we looked at two specific issues. We wanted to know how accurate are provider directories for mental health providers in the state of California. And we also wanted to know as, as a second step, it, um, can consumers, when they need to get access to timely medical care for these providers? Uh, in terms of findings, um, you know what we find is is, is kind of in line with 
I think the broader literature and our own work on, on other our specialties here is it's the um the uh, provider directories are highly inaccurate for, for both what you know we focus on psychiatrists and then another group of kind of catch-all category um non-physician mental health providers that's kind of how the the state labels them so we didn't have much choice there but pretty inaccurate you know I'm thinking 30 to 40 percent inaccuracies across the provider directories which Sounds like a lot, uh, unfortunately, quite in line with other studies and other work that we have done too. So shocking, I guess, for the person that looks at it for the first time, not so shocking if you work in the field, I suppose. Uh, and then in timely access, you know, we also looked at can can patients get urgent care um, uh, appointments and can they get general care appointments? And what we find is, again, not great. Uh, I, I would say, you know, in terms of psychiatrists, it's kind of like, Access to urgent care uh, appointments uh, in a timely manner was about 50% of providers and 70% for um, general care appointments and for non-mental health providers, slightly better, but also not great. Were your findings in line with what you were expecting to see or were there some surprises? Yeah, that's a, that's another good question. I think, you know, I've worked in this field, I want to say for seven or eight years now. And when I started, we kind of stumbled into this issue. We were looking at a totally different topic and then stumbled in the inaccuracy and timely access issue and kind of stuck with it ever since. And so I wish, you know, kind of as alluded to in, in, in the answer to the previous question is I wish I could say I was surprised. I wish this was something that was like, oh, it must be an exception. This is this cannot be the norm. Um, but really, you know, we've worked on this for a long time and this seems to be the norm. There seems to be big issues with the accuracy of provider directories consistently across states, across markets, across specialties. And there also seems to be, you know, issues with access to timely medical care. And these seem to be big issues that are kind of often overlooked because they seem to be these technical implementation details of getting access to medical care. You know, it's much fancier to say we expanded Medicaid or we, you know, made, made insurance premiums lower for the ACA marketplaces. But how that, you know, when the rubber hits the road, how consumers are able to use those services. I think that's where this work fits in. And that shows that there's a lot of steps that we have to take in order to ensure healthcare access for these types of folks. Do you think the inaccuracy is all the more stark in light of how mental health care issues have been so highlighted over the past few years with the pandemic? I think the, the, the issues are more important for some specialties than they are for others. I think uh, and and for the the type of appointment, right? Urgent care appointment in mental health care means that you really have a problem and you need to have it addressed very, very quickly. And the the implications of not getting addressed can often be quite severe. And it's not that you can run to an urgent care center, right? Like you could do with primary care. There's like no obvious, no obvious alternative to go through. I guess you can do the emergency room, but the care you're getting, there's probably not the appropriate level of care and it's quite expensive too. And all those, those things we know about. So um, I think, you know, we, I think there's slight improvements that we see. We, we did 2018 and 2019. So just before the pandemic, uh, we see slight improvements. I see, I think across the board a little bit, uh, it's not quite clear, you know, and we can't quite put a finger on where it's coming from because that's not the focus of the study. But I think mental health is is one of those issues that has very few substitutes, as I pointed out, and has severe implications often when it's not addressed. And so there's a greater urgency, I think, than some other issues to get these, these types of issues handled for mental health care um, because of the, the implications they have for, for patients.
Could social determinants of health be a play here, especially with the commercial plans from your study, demonstrating more accurate information versus both the California marketplace and Medicaid or Medi-Cal plans? Yeah, that's a good question. I think we, we have to speculate here a little bit. Um, my sense is that the biggest driver of the the differences in accuracies may be that commercial plans, you know, they're sold to employers, they're sold to usually individuals who have higher income levels, higher education levels, just by definition, right? That's that's kind of the market. And so I think there is a greater emphasis potentially by carriers to get those better uh, as compared to the other ones. Uh, I think that might be one pathway to explain the, the different level of inaccuracies. It also could also be that the providers, we know there's big discrepancies kind of in providers, you know, who see serve what market and all those kind of things. Um, it, it could be that there's higher turnover rates for, for Medicaid providers and those kind of things that also play into it. It's probably a bit of a multi-pronged approach, but unfortunately probably affects individuals of lower income and lower socioeconomic status and low educational levels more than it affects people at the uh, opposite end of the spectrum. At the same time, referring back to the previous question, access to services was quicker under Medi-Cal plan coverage. What could be contributing to that finding? Yeah, it was a bit interesting to us as well. Um, I guess that's one of the interesting things that came out of this. Uh, again, we, we'd kind of have to speculate. Um, I'm, we're starting to wonder whether the the state of California maybe writes some specific time targets into their contracts um, with with the Medicaid uh, managed care organizations. I mean, that, that would be my, my first guess, right? That they're focused in assessing these outside of the framework that we looked at and outside of the data that we looked at. There was a bigger emphasis, you know, to meet those performance targets or potentially incur penalties if they don't meet those performance targets that incentivize them to, you know, we need to kind of work on, on getting the timeliness here to, to a higher level in order to not run into problems with the managed care contracts, particularly as, as you know, of course, these managed care contracts are, are uh, set for a certain period of years, and then you have to renegotiate and re-sign up, right? And so you want to meet those targets in order to be in the market the next time around, you know, these are, these are out for bidding. Your article notes that the California Department of Managed Healthcare responsible for 93% of the California health insurance market, extensively regulates provider directory accuracy and network adequacy. Can you tell us about the criteria the DMHC uses for these checks? Yeah, that's quite a complicated question. I think we can bring in a room full of lawyers to parse it all apart. Uh, clearly not a lawyer. Don't want to be a lawyer. Uh, the, the, I think what I can say about the regulations is they're dynamic. Um, the department or California in general is one of the few states that actually cares about these issues. And so for a number of years, they have tried to move into the direction of getting a bad, better handle of this for consumers. The regulations and statutes have been changing. There have been constant updates. I think the the, the department trying to learn from its past experience, which I think is, is quite beneficial and try to get better and better based on the data they're getting and the experience with the data and the experience with the health plan. So I think they're doing a good job at getting better. I think it's a slow process. Um, generally, what they do is they set certain targets 
Uh, and generally these targets are like, hey, for a certain specialty, you need to be able to provide or health plans, they focus at the health plan level. Health plans need to be able to provide an urgent care appointment within a certain amount of hours or days. And they need to be able to get uh, consumers into general care appointments within a certain amount of days. These differ kind of by specialties. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm quite curious how people come up with the, the, the hours and days. I have not gotten a good answer on that. Uh, I think that probably tells you also about the state of research and knowledge about these kind of issues, you know, uh, different states use different numbers if they use any numbers at all. And that kind of grasping, I think it thinks so. But I think numbers are better than no numbers. So I think that that's a good starting point. Uh, they set certain targets for accuracy now, you know, at least, you know, a certain number of providers need to be accurate. I think that's probably also fair. I think 100% is, is unachievable with turnover and, and, you know, all the things that happen in, in, in the healthcare field. And they set a certain target for the health plan level, like what percentage or, or, you know, can you, what percentage can health plans achieve in, in terms of uh, accurate providers and in terms of adequate or timely access appointments for consumers. And, you know, there's a combination of things. And as I said, they're dynamic, they get updated every year or so. Uh, but that's the general gist, right? They set accuracy targets and they set timely access targets. Um, and we kind of work with those uh, to the best degree that we could. What do you think policymakers and regulators in California and other states can take away from your findings and what might be some potential next steps? Yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's a, I, I alluded to this earlier, it's a really important under, underserved kind of issue from our perspective, because it means a lot, you know, I think for most people, you know, we don't experience how bad things are in, in a given year because you have your primary care provider and the vast majority of people are fine, right? They can get into their primary care provider. They don't have to search for new providers. But once you get sick and you have to experience this, particularly if you have a sickness that requires multiple specialties to take care of you, right? Then you get hit in this with the face. Uh, and so what regulators in California are doing, I think, you know, I kind of alluded to this earlier, is is going in the right direction, right? This is a very complex, complicated issue. There's lots of technical problems. There's lots of policy problems. There's lots of legal problems associated with this kind of stuff. I think we're going in the right direction. But what our work shows on this issue and other specialties that we have looked at is that there's a lot of room for improvement. And, and I think it's important not for the regulatory sake and all those kind of things. I think there's improvement for consumers to be had, uh, which has always been the focus of my work. Like how does this affect people, you know, when they're trying to access medical care? Um, I think there's, there's a lot of room for improvement. I think one of the big things that we need to get a handle on in a better way is, is the accuracy issue, right? Because it's important for consumers at the time of plan choice, when they purchase a plan or they make the choice of their employer. It's imp important when they seek care, right? Because they have to find a medical provider really urgency usually. It's also important for regulators because they have to rely on the data provided to them from the health plan to make assessments about do these plans not only meet these timely access and accuracy requirements, but do they meet uh, time and distance standards. Do they need network uh, and really to provider ratios, right? There's a lot of stuff that comes from a regulatory, regulatory side here as well. That's really important. Um, but I think what California doing is good. They're collecting data and they're trying to learn. And unfortunately, that's one of the few places in the country that's actually gone this route. So if you ask me what I would like to see, I would like to see continued improvement in California and learning, but there also needs to be a spread of these kind of 
efforts, right? We need to pay more attention across the country. The federal government ought to be attention, you know, and Medicare Advantage and all those kind of things. Uh, and we should have more data to analyze and, and gain a better knowledge of what the status of this issue is nationwide so that researchers can contribute to find better solutions and find better access uh, opportunities for consumers. That was the last question I had for you. Is there anything else you think our audience should know that we have not addressed? Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, it's a, it's a really interesting niche kind of topic still. I think we ought to do more work from more perspectives, right? There's, there's many ways to tackle the experience of consumers and the challenges they face in navigating networks. And, you know, I hope this work and this podcast contributes to more people taking a look at this issue and, you know, bringing more brains to, to thinking about these kind of topics. On that note, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. I know you're very busy, so this has been wonderful, and I'm sure our listeners will get a lot out of it. So thank you. It was my pleasure. For all of us at AJMC.com, thanks for listening. To learn more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.